Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Hello, Sonoma. Thank you so much for calling in. I'm Heather Morgan, Nutrition Healthy Living Coach. It is 1 o'clock, actually 1.05, on this gorgeous Sunday, Tuesday afternoon. And I'm so excited to interview Dr. Jeffrey Mark today. Uh, He's over in the East Bay. He's an amazing triple board certified gastroenterologist and much, much more. So everybody, make sure you stay tuned. Dr. Jeffrey Mark's going to be giving us a call at around 1.15 today. So definitely uh, stay tuned tuned for that great conversation. And so, you know, today we're going to be talking mostly about the gut. You guys have sent us a lot of questions for Dr. Mark. So um, I gathered, you know, I gathered a bunch of questions that you have sent in and I want to thank you all for, uh, for being part of this community and reaching out the way that you do with your questions and your feedback and your thoughts on health and, and all the good things that we're doing here with the professionals that come into our community and share and educate us. So, um, you know, today we, uh, if you want to send some more questions in, you can, I'm definitely checking out the Facebook page, which is body talk radio on Facebook. If you find that Facebook page, you can send me a message. You can also go to the website, bodytalkradio.com. And that's where you can stream live and also access all of these shows that we do live, um, in the podcast format. So what we do is we take the shows and then we turn them into a podcast and that's available for everybody, um, over at bodytalkradio.com. So if you miss some of my old shows, you can go download them and, um, access them through the the podcast, which is awesome. And if you enjoy that and you enjoy the shows and enjoy the things that we're talking about and doing here, I would love for you to review the podcast, go on the podcast, listen to some, get educated, get inspired, become healthier you and and do a rating for me. I would appreciate that very much because I want people to know that uh, we're doing good stuff over here and providing good education for our community. So that's it. Uh, so definitely the other thing I wanted to point out is on our Facebook page over Body Talk Radio on Facebook, we also have a private group. Um, it's it's not private, but it's a group on Facebook that is called Body Talk Radio Social. And it's a way that you can actually communicate with our followers and many of our experts and kind of jump in there, ask questions. You know, a lot of people who do our cleanse programs and, and you know, our weight loss programs programs and take take some of our, our various programs that we do, um, you know, jump in and talk to the community about it, see how they're liking it, what they're doing and how they're making healthy change in their lives. So um, I invite you to do that. I invite you to go on over to Body Talk Radio on Facebook, check out the social page and join a healthy minded community because that really is where you can go and um, get support and get all the great things. We have a book club. We're always reading books um, and, you know, sharing books with some of the top integrative uh, doctors and, and practitioners in the country. So when I say integrative, I mean, they're incorporating everything they learn in their medical school, but also they're incorporating nutrition and health and wellness and lifestyle. Because, you know, you and I, we all know that 
just taking medication isn't the answer to our health. You know, really health starts with your habits, your daily habits. And that's really what integrative practitioners do. They look at the whole picture, the whole you. And, um, and they're able to help you work through and piece together a program that changes your lifestyle habits, your nutrition, your nutritional habits, and, and puts you on a, a track for success. Listen, you only live once, right? We're here once on this earth. Why not be the best you can be? Why not be the healthiest that you can be? Um, it's, you know, each day that goes by, each year that goes by, we we have a new opportunity for, for a better experience. And, you know, if you look at how you look and feel today, maybe you're tired. Maybe you're having a hard time focusing. Maybe you have a disease. Maybe your body aches. Maybe you have joint pains. All of that is a result of your lifestyle habits from the past that have, that really have led to who you are today. So it doesn't happen overnight and fixing it doesn't happen overnight. It's your lifestyle habits that got you here to where your health is today and it's your lifestyle habits that can get you to a better way of living tomorrow. So think about that and definitely I encourage you to listen to the the different podcasts that we have. These people are so inspiring. They help people get healthier every day. And think about what your past has been like. What were your habits? Drinking, smoking, eating processed and packaged foods, eating a lot of sugar. I don't know. Lots of coffee, not sleeping well, you name it. Um, But all of those things add up to us not being our best and healthiest. And we can certainly change a lot of those things so that we feel better, have more energy, have more vitality, more zest for life, more more energy, um, sleep better, exercise more, all of those things. So I really encourage you to seek out some of these health practitioners that I interview on the show for a better way of life. And uh, Dr. Mark, who's coming on the show here shortly, is a great example of an integrative health professional who is doing incredible things in his practice for changing people's lives. He's, you know, he's an MD and he's triple board certified and he could easily be prescribing medication over medication for people and, and spending, you know, 10 minutes with each patient and done like many of the doctors out there do, but he doesn't, he's committed to changing people's health, their, their health and vitality from the inside out and improving their, um, aging experience as well. And which all starts in the gut. So that'll be an interesting topic that Dr. Mark and I will talk about together. Um, but I definitely want to make sure that, you follow him and and make sure that you're connected with Dr. Mark over in the East Bay because he has a website. You'll be able to go to his website, connect in there and follow him and all the great things that he's doing. Seriously, a brilliant man. And I can't wait to share his brilliance with you in just a few minutes here. So definitely stay tuned. But until then, um, make sure you go on over to the Facebook page, give it a like, uh, Body Talk Radio on Facebook and BodyTalkRadio.com because that's where I'll be able to hear from you. And you can actually submit questions. So I have a whole page of questions today that people submitted for Dr. Mark, who's coming on the air. So we'll be um, reading some of these patients' questions live. And and then um, we'll be able to hear Dr. Mark's answers to these questions uh, when he calls in in just a couple of minutes. So um, I'm glad you're here joining me. And I have my own personal questions for Dr. Mark, and I can't wait to hear his response as a nutritionist and health ed- educator. Can't wait to hear how um, you know how he will respond to some of my questions as well. And as you know, he's also, um, or as you may not know. Um, he has an, an amazing line of, of, of products that he creates that are super healthy for people's wellness and longevity and helping to heal the gut. So here's the thing. There are many um, theorists in, in the realm of health and wellness that believe that 
disease begins in the gut. And we can start there with Dr. Mark and kind of see what he has to say on that. But I want to welcome uh, Dr. Jeffrey Mark to the show. Hi there. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Dr. Mark. Welcome to the show. And thank you so much for taking your time today out of your busy, busy practice to join me and my community and, and really share your great wisdom with the community. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Well, you know, it's funny. I just said before you called in, you know, there are some there are some people out there that we can can quote in the health and wellness industry that believe all disease begins in the gut. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I I think that's absolutely true. Um, uh huh. Well, let me give you a little bit. I don't know if you're. Um, uh, if people have been listening to you, have given any of my background, but I've basically yeah. uh, been practicing gastroenterology as a board-certified gastroenterologist for over 20 years. Wow. Traditionally trained, but um, over the past few years, I've been incorporating more of um, functional medicine uh, into my practice and in helping those um, that come into the office um, that, that seek help and that we're able to help. And what I've seen is, you know, I think the traditional medicine that we practice is very good at identifying um, cause and effect, uh, just like immediate causes. But sure. to look at the actual root causes of things, um, you know, it takes a little bit more investigation, uh, more time, mm-hmm. and really getting to know um, the person that you're seeing. So in looking at all the research and looking at all the patients that I've seen and what people have probably heard on the Internet, it is very true that if your gastrointestinal health, if your gut mm-hmm. is not in optimal condition, uh, you won't be able to um, absorb the nutrients. You right. won't be able to. Um, your body won't be able to heal the way any treatments are, are are offered or given to the body. Right. Because of the fact that you know over seventy percent of your immune system resides in your gastrointestinal tract. You know we know that a lot of um, autoimmunity, uh, autoimmune diseases, all these other um, things that can happen to your body uh, starts with the immune system and the gastrointestinal tract, Mm. as well as um, the new concepts of intestinal permeability or the lay term of, you know, leaky gut. Yes. So all these things can occur and start in the gastrointestinal tract, and if you don't address that first, uh, it's very hard to you know, for you to, to do anything else. In fact, any of the um, nutrients that you're taking, um, supplements, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it has to pass through the barrier to get absorbed properly. You That's know. right. You're not going to get the, the vitamins or, or whatever treatments you choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's very important. And it also manufactures a lot of um, neurochemistry that we weren't aware of before. You know, 90% of uh, a substance called uh, serotonin is manufactured in your gastrointestinal tract. Amazing. And that influences your brain health as well because you need that to make um, uh, certain types of neurochemicals um, that will go into the brain uh, through GABA receptors and other types of receptors that can relax the brain or help you know brain function. Wow. So I think those areas alone, just the immune system and the the fact that uh, neurochemically, yes. These, um, you know, brain health as well, functional, that those two areas are directly tied to your gastrointestinal tract. Fantastic. That is, it, it's so important for people to understand that. You know, there's, you know, it's people often, you know, who don't understand why if they're having symptoms of IBS and they're also having depression at the same time mm-hmm. and you know we now know there's many studies out there that show and you just explained it with the 90% of serotonin being created in our gut that these things are all linked and and so when people are feeling tired and depressed and they have all these gut issues going on it's really all interconnected so by addressing what you do and getting to the root cause um, and addressing the gut you're actually like you said you're helping brain brain focus mood um, as well as the immune system which two hugely important things yeah very much so and then of course um, you know people I mean, they want to enjoy food, you know, I mean, that, that's the yes. whole point of eating, right? Yes. When you have a healthy uh, gut, if you're able to uh, take the time, you know, to eat in a traditional way, you know, in the, in the past, you know, you, people used to know the people that, that grow their food, 
Um, they would, you know, prepare the meals, take time. They would eat, you know, with, with family or friends. They would yes. take time to eat. There'd be social, you know, conversation. So it's very, uh, food is very nurturing. And I think mm. that uh, we lose sight of that in, in our modern culture. You know, we're always in a rush. Um, you know, many of us, you know, get breakfast and we shouldn't. <laughs> or, yes. or minimize, you know, how breakfast, the importance of breakfast should be. And we mm-hmm. minimize that, you know, for, for time's sake. And I think that a lot of these um, these little things that we don't think about, they create, you know, extra stress points. You know, if you have high cortisol, you know, that also uh, leads to a breakdown into your gastrointestinal integrity. You know, the, the, the amount of acid damage that can be done. You know, you've heard of people, you know, always anxious or in a traffic jam or something or something yes. bad that happens in their, their family. Their, their cortisol, you know, spikes up, their stress, and that can uh, influence um you know, what happens in your um, gut, in your intestines. So basically what you're saying is people who are highly stressed often then do, it does end up resulting in gut issues. And that's sort of like, the, maybe, would you say that's the, could be a cause? Lots of stress could be the cause of these gut imbalances? Right. So I think that, you know, it's a two-way street. You know, your, mm-hmm. your gastrointestinal tract, the gut has all these nerve. It's, it's like your second brain basically has... Uh, if you look at the amount of uh, neurons, you know, mm-hmm. of course your brain has, you know, millions and, and billions of, of neurons that interconnect and these synapses, what we call uh, the, the way they talk to each other. Sure. And in your um, gastrointestinal tract, you also have a very sophisticated network of cells uh, that are neurons that talk to each other and they also talk to the brain. And you figure that, well, mm-hmm. you know, the brain controls a lot of things. You know, you, you, when you want to move, it tells your arm or your, your leg to, to move in a certain direction, um, or you feel different things, it goes back to your brain. And you figure that, you know, the brain will have a lot more communication to the gastrointestinal tract, mm-hmm. and it does have some, mm-hmm. but there's actually more communication, believe it or not, from the gastrointestinal tract up to the brain. Wow. So, I mean, people don't realize that, you know, if you, if you don't take good care of your intestinal tract, and, and even with the stress that goes through, you know, other hormones like mm-hmm. cortisol, mm-hmm. if your uh, gastrointestinal tract is distressed, I mean, it will tr- provide actual feedback up to your brain. And let you know, you won't feel well as, as well as having problems such as um, the, the stress that you can see, you know, ulcers and other uh, problems with gastrointestinal permeability or leaky gut. So fantastic. Okay, so Dr. Mark, um, we actually have to take our first break. If you don't mind, if you could just hang tight right where you're at, um, we're going to go take a quick break, and then I'll come right back on to continue our interview. We are talking to Dr. Jeffrey Mark, everyone, and I want you all to go check out his um, his website, which is jeffreymarkmd.com. Fantastic website. It gives you so many more details um, about this triple board certified uh, functional gas gastroenterologist and so much more when we come back so hang tight everyone and dr mark and we will be right back thank you all right everyone and we are back you're listening to body talk i'm heather morgan nutrition healthy living coach and i am joined today by dr jeffrey mark a functional gastroenterologist from the east bay so dr mark you have offices located over in walnut creek right and san ramon yes uh-huh. Okay, great. And Turlock as well? or let's Yes, see. I have an office there as well. And I want to tell you that we are having a new website as well. Okay. And it's, it's still under construction, but it'll be up soon. And it's more okay. the functional aspect of the um, functional medicine. Awesome. www.allfunctionalhealth, mm-hmm. that's all one word, uh, .com. So it's www.allfunctionalhealth.com. All functional health. It's going to be a very good resource for people as well. Fantastic. I know that it will be. So allfunctionalhealth.com. And this is under construction, but will be up and available soon. Very soon. Yeah. So everybody, I, I suggest you make a note. Um, most people who listen to this show are, are, are into health and wellness. And this is one website you're going to want to follow. There's nothing more important than your health. And when Dr. Mark is talking about functional medicine, he, you know, let's talk a little bit about that, Dr. Mark. Can you just tell us a little bit? What's functional medicine say versus regular traditional medicine? 
Okay. So traditional medicine, um, we're trained to uh, look at the patient and identify um, disease, which is basically naming things that we see that's going wrong and kind of categorizing them and fitting them into um, ways that we can communicate to other doctors or, or family or pharmacists or other healthcare professionals about what is going on with the patient. So let's say um, you have a fever and you have a runny nose and you know, we, we, we can call you that you have, okay, you have um, rhinitis or you have the common cold, something like that, or you have okay. some kind of um, mm-hmm. a heart disease, heart failure, you have congestive heart failure if your heart doesn't work well and certain other things. So we, mm-hmm. we do a lot of naming. So in functional medicine, it's looking at the root cause. So we have to spend some time, obviously, looking at you know what the complaints are, uh, what mm-hmm. people are feeling, uh, what they hope to to help you know get help with their health. Mm-hmm. And there are certain categories, but beyond that, we look at okay, why is this occurring? So a lot of times. Um, things might occur, like in your childhood, for instance, if you had some kind of uh, tragic event um, that's been very stressful, you hold on to it, comes out in different ways. Or if some triggering event occurs, like ever since you went to a trip and you got a really bad gastroenteritis, and then ever since then you've had off and on episodes of problems with your gastrointestinal tract, and, and people said, oh, you may have bowel, you may have this, you may have colitis, you may have... Um, inflammatory bowel disease, well, mm-hmm. there are different things that, that can occur, but they're either from a common trigger or a common problem. And a lot of times we, ha- we can address that mm-hmm. uh, through nutraceuticals, lifestyle changes, um, yes, and kind of working at the, at the core and letting your body help repair itself, you know, but giving it some support. And sure. the ultimate goal is to let the body heal itself and be sufficient, um, you know, through continued nutrients and yes. and other things like that. Rather than the traditional medicine, I mean, you may be on medicine, quote-unquote, medication, mm-hmm. and that would treat the specific problem, but may not be, you know, solving the root cause so that you may continue to have problems if you go off of whatever treatment we put you on. Right. So with functional health, it's kind of like we want to restore what you... We had when you were, you know, basically a child, and most people are born in this world, and they're pretty healthy, and most children are pretty healthy, and then all of a sudden, you know, quote unquote disease, you know, occurs, right. problems, and then um, all these issues occur. Then because we're not born with medication, so then why should we be continue to be on medication? You know, if you if you broke your leg or sprained your ankle, you might need crutches. Or you might need a wheelchair, but you don't intend to be in the wheelchair or crutches your whole life. Right. Once you heal that bone or that tendon or whatever, you want to be able to walk and run and do the things that you've done before. So I think functional medicine brings that aspect uh, where uh, this is looking at the whole person, looking at not just um, the problem, but fixing the problem, looking at the root cause, and then looking at the whole person so they can be in the best condition um, at, or where they've been before and their peak of health. Incredible. So really you're bringing, you're bringing, you know, the best of both worlds together, traditional, you know, medicine as well as then, you know, lifestyle and functional medicine, which, you know, many would argue is sort of missing in Western medicine today. And, you know, I just, one of the things that I, I really noted from your website and and you can hear it in your voice. And that is, you know, the awards that you've received, a Patient's Choice Award um, and Compassionate Doctor Recognition Award. I mean, these are, these are important. They're super important because today many patients don't get a lot of time with their doctors. And, and, and if you really had patients rating whether or not they felt that their doctors were compassionate and understood them... The ratings are often quite low today, you know, whether it's because of insurance companies or whatever, but but the care that you're providing as as an MD with the knowledge that you have is it's it's pretty outstanding to see that you're getting these three different awards um, being in, as compassionate doctor recognition and then you have compassionate doctor certification which is, looks like it's an honor that's granted based on the doctor's bedside manner scores. That is so huge. Oh, thank you, Heather. Yeah, I, I, um, like I said, the reason I went into medicine, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, been background, I know that you have certain 
time limits in your show, but uh-huh. I mean, I come from a family of uh, physicians, uh, that, you know, kind of remotely from aunts and uncles, and wow. I had a, a hospital experience as a, a child at age 11, where mm. I was a week with uh, pneumonia, microcosmic oh. pneumonia. So uh, ever since then, I mean, I, as a patient then, mm-hmm. I, I've always been very empathetic and understanding towards patients and always wow. wanted to provide um, good medical care and to help others mm-hmm. because I've been there myself, you know, as a patient, as a child, and you're sitting in a you know, uh, hospital room and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's quite lonely and you're sick and you're wondering if you ever get better and right. you why should be outside playing. But mm-hmm. so I, I think that... That, that that really helps mm-hmm. and um, having even family members you know my son having some intestinal uh, permeability or gut uh, leaky uh-huh. gut issues which couldn't really be explained by the traditional medicine that also helped uh, that experience helped me grow as well and then the 20 plus years practicing gastroenterology looking at the the, the people that I've had to think outside the box, you know what I'm saying, in terms of getting them better yes. uh, when traditional things wouldn't help. So I, I think it's been a, a long, you know, growing process, and mm-hmm. um, and I think that um, it's been really helpful when you really involve yourself with, you know, patients. You just don't call them patients. You, you treat them as, you know, as almost, you know, friends and, and people that, that need help, that you're trying to help. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I mean, you know, and and you also do procedures as well at the hospitals, correct? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So, wow. Well, so Dr. Mark, um, you you have some questions here that our followers and listeners have been submitting over the past week. So do you mind answering a few of their questions? Sure. Okay, fantastic. So um, let's see here. We've got, okay, so... Heidi L. says, um, kids and probiotics, how important and necessary is it? If so, what kind? Okay. So I think um, with with kids uh, in general, Mm -hmm. um, with today's um, uh, landscape, Mm -hmm. the the, the way we process foods, um, pesticides, and glycolate, all these things that people, right. your readers are well aware of because they, they read the internet, but not only that, but they're, they're very savvy in terms of uh, other health um, sites as well as your own. Yes. That, um, we're, not just, we're not getting enough of the nutrients, I think. That mm-hmm. we, I mean, if you look 50, 7,500 years ago, you know, our grandparents, our great-grandparents have, have had better nutrition in the sense that uh, food was grown more traditionally and uh, the soil was well rotated and there's much more nutrients. That's right. So I think that helps. And then uh, the fact that um, uh, when they were growing up as kids, they would, you know, play outside and get exposed to the soil. Yes. Good um, variety in terms Mm -hmm. of getting their immune system, which is how we build our immune system as a child, pretty much. Yes. So I I think that, you know, the unfortunate cases when when people are, you know, born, you know, C-section, they don't have vaginal exposure. Right. And then if they don't play outside, get exposed to some of the the Mm -hmm. soil-forming bugs or bacteria. So I think that uh, using probiotics is, is, is... can be very beneficial if they if the child doesn't eat much in terms of some fermented foods or they don't get exposure. Now, the best, of course, is to you know play outside. You know, don't worry too much. You drop the cookie. You know, the five second rule. It's probably okay to you know sleep the cookie or, or or whatever they're having or snack on the floor. But but I think that we're a little bit too clean in that aspect. So I think that mm-hmm. if we um, kind of let children be children like we did, you know, in the past, you know, or, or the time of our grandparents, let's say, they'll naturally get more, you know, um, good bacteria and education. Now, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that is, is a little more difficult or constraining, mm-hmm. certainly, you know, different forms of probiotics uh, can be helpful. Usually the bifidobacter species uh, okay. are, are, are more helpful or, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, help build up um, other species. Now, more importantly, though, is the concept of prebiotics, which are actually foods that promote bacteria. Great. So if you want to produce bifidobacteria or lactobacillus and other kinds of bacteria, so you can eat kind of um, uh, what we call resistant starches, which are mm-hmm. carbohydrates or forms of starches that we don't really digest, but the bacteria do. So you mm-hmm. can do things like, you know, eat maybe a little bit more greenish bananas or mm-hmm. like baked potatoes, things like that are very good for uh, bacteria that 
will produce certain types of what we call short-chain fatty acids, which are these um, uh, nutrients that feed um, the bacteria that are more beneficial. So I think um, not necessarily recommending a specific brand, but specific species, such as Bifidobacter species, are very good, and you can look at that or Lactobacillus um, uh, infantis. Those mm -hmm. are very, very good species, and you can kind of look at, at different areas where you can get that. Uh, and I think just getting, you know, healthy exposure in the environment. Fantastic. Okay, so um, that was a great answer. Appreciate that. And, you know, Dr. Mark, you mentioned a couple of times a term that I just want to review with our listeners, if you don't mind, and that's the concept of leaky gut. Okay. Um, you've mentioned that a couple of times. So can you explain a little bit this concept? And in, in your opinion, what's the percentage of people out there today do you think have leaky gut? Okay, well... First, the, the concept of leaky gut is something that I think most of my colleagues and, and most of the internal medicine or gastroenterology community mm -hmm. would prefer to call intestinal permeability. Right. I think a lot of people have accepted the term leaky gut because that's the language that uh, people that come to the office will often convey. You know, yeah. They'll speak what, what they've heard and what everybody seems to understand. You know, it's regular, common English now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so what it basically means is that there is a single layer of cells uh, in the, that line the gastrointestinal tract. Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of like a, a border, you know, like between countries. Let's say you have one line or one lane that blocks, you know, north from the south or whatever country you want to, to say. And um, it's very well patrolled. And what happens when, in the situation of intestinal permeability or leaky gut mm -hmm. is that there are little areas that are called gap junctions can open, and there are either check posts or areas uh, along the border uh, that normally you know, are very well patrolled but can be just opened or they can you know, cause to be opened by either inflammation or some irritation. And when these openings occur, then things that the uh, body normally does not see in the bloodstream can get through. Now, normally when you eat food, um, it, it goes through a vigorous process um, of checks and balances. So you digest the food, you have to mm -hmm. have enough, you know, acid and enzymes, and it makes its way into the small intestine where most absorption occurs in. And then if your the food gets appropriately recognized, then it gets brought in and it says, "Oh, we know that you're, you know, very good. You know, you're 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 a good uh, nutrient. We want you. We, we accept you. We take you in." But mm -hmm. if it's either partially digested or if something causes damage to the lining of the, um, the border, uh, for example, um, uh, we know that certain um, chemicals, you know, either, either gluten or glycolate and other things, they can cause damage to the lining. So if it's opened up, then sometimes uh, things that, that, that aren't either fully digested mm -hmm. or um, that normally don't get through, like larger proteins that normally would have broken down, been broken down. If, they, if your body sees these um, for the first time, then it may react to it in a bad way because it might think that sure. it's a strange particle and it might be dangerous, so we might form antibodies. And, and this leads to um, further complications sometimes. And sometimes we can, some, there's... There's information out there that show that that's where some of these autoimmune diseases over time can occur. Um, so that's what wow. the leaky gut um, uh, concept comes from. In terms of how common it is, um, it's hard to say a particular percentage, but because of um, uh, what we eat, which is uh, mm -hmm. very high um, uh, gluten exposure, not just um, regular gluten, but the kind of gluten that we make and grow here mm -hmm. in, in the United States, which is a little bit different some, than some other places, but that's a little bit uh, more of a sure. topic. Um, so I think it's because of the fact that we eat so much of this this wheat and gluten yes. that a lot of um, this leaky gut occurs often, I think, mm -hmm. uh, probably the majority of people. However, most people have the genetics where they can repair pretty quickly. So oh, interesting. So you and I uh, and everybody that's listening gets basically a new uh, layer of cells, wow. uh, what we call the mucosal lining, about every three days or so. Wow. Pretty fast 
quickly repaired. And if you have a normal, you know, if you're normally healthy and you're repairing it every three days, you know, most people, they can handle a little bit of damage here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people, like I said, may have an allergy. They may have other uh, continuing problems. Like if you're under stress, you may not yes. you know, heal as fast. You're, you may have other problems. You may have more of an acid problem or the, the cortisol right. will influence um, how wide these gap junctions are as well. So there's other factors, but I'd say the majority of people probably do experience some leaky gut. Usually it's pretty temporary mm-hmm. um, because your, your, your bowels repair itself pretty quick. But um, sometimes, you know, in the, in the certain individuals, it's a problem. Okay, and is there anything you would recommend dietarily or supplement-wise that people could take that would help just sort of repair rapidly, you know, like you said, it repairs every three days, but, you know, is there something they can take that will help speed up that gut repair, just keep, especially if they're under a lot of stress and things like that? So I think the, um, the keys to, to, to good health, I tell people that ask, you know, there's a whole other topic, but I say, okay, well, make sure that you eat right, you know, mm-hmm. getting the right um, balance of, of food, whole foods, and rates of, you know, acids, you know, proteins, the right mm-hmm. fats, because as you know, you know, fats, there's good fats and bad fats, and we can't, you know, just eliminate every fat and tell people not to eat fats. Mm-hmm. And then to get enough exercise, because I think that, that's key as well, because that helps your immune system and, and helps, you know, be, uh, help you restore things as well. People need to get enough sleep, because if you don't get enough sleep, your immune system can be overly active in one direction or the other. And then, um, uh, and then, of course, you mentioned the gut health, which is um, making sure that um, that you, if you can, you know, eat more organic if you can avoid pesticides, you know, glycolates and other kinds of pesticides that can uh, that are added into food because they don't belong in terms of what your body won't recognize. And and of course, um, any kind of additives, um, you know, kind of uh, extra colorings. Uh, if they have um, artificial sweeteners, other things like that can affect, you know, gut health as well. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, looking at, at people's you know, hormones and keeping those balanced. But in terms of that perspective, um, you know, in terms of the gut health specifically in the lining and leaky gut, is probably if people would, would limit the amount of um, gluten, I think. I'm not trying to steer people away from eating bread and things like that. I think most you know, a lot of people can tolerate that, but if they're worried about a leaky gut or they have a suspicion that, you know, something is not right or they feel poorly, especially when they eat a lot of bread and other things like that, then to limit that, unless you have what we call a condition called celiac disease where you mm-hmm. actually have a severe reaction to gluten, then in which case you would probably have to, you know, avoid um, uh, breads and, and, and other types of uh, wheat and, and uh, that category of grain, then other than that... Um, you don't necessarily have to avoid gluten, but, you know, probably to limit that if people are worried about uh, a, a leaky gut, because that has been, you know, showing to be one of the triggers. And then, um, you know, probably watching out for sugar, not eating too much sugar or sweets, I think that's a big problem. And it, yes. and then uh, having uh, probiotics, uh, you, I think that most people um, can benefit from a, from a probiotic if they're mm-hmm. not eating uh, a good variety of foods, like I mentioned, some of the prebiotics that um, uh, can help build the, the healthier bacteria. So, so you, can you tell us three prebiotics really quick? You mentioned green bananas, right? So bananas that are a little less ripe because they're lower in sugar, right? Right. And maybe two others? And so you can um, you can have um, uh, the cold baked potatoes. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Potatoes, uh-huh. And then um, there is a fiber, uh, it's called inulin, I-N-U-L-I-N. Yes, inulin. And that is a non-digestible fiber that also promotes uh, good bacteria, the bifidobacteria. Awesome. And now, Dr. Mark, could you just put those in a smoothie and would that be all right? Yes, you okay. can do that. What about sweet potatoes in a smoothie or sweet potatoes? Is that sweet a prebiotic? Sweet potatoes as well. Okay, great. So there you go, guys. There's some prebiotic-type foods for you, and those basically feed the good bugs in your gut and help them grow and proliferate. Um, so, you know, adding adding good bacteria is good, the probiotics, but the prebiotics are also a great, a great way to um, support that in your diet. So that's super cool. And then um, we actually have to go to break number two. 
Dr. Mark. So if you don't mind, just hanging tight. And then we're going to, we'll be back to finish up the show. But um, everyone, we are talking today with Dr. Jeffrey Mark, jeffreymarkmd.com and allfunctionalhealth.com. That's going to be coming soon. And um, we will be right back to take some more questions with Dr. Mark. So everybody hang tight and we... All right, everyone, we are back. I'm Heather Morgan, Nutrition and Healthy Living Coach. You're listening to Body Talk Radio, and I have Dr. Jeffrey Mark on the line with us today. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Mark. Thank you. All right, so uh, let's see. That was great info on leaky gut, Dr. Mark. I think we just, you know, really kind of hammered it at home to people. And uh, now we have just a few other questions. But before we go into the questions, is there anything that you would like to say or add, or should we go right in? Um, no, I, I think that the information that we're giving uh, mm-hmm. to people, you know, are available um, on, on the website and other sources as well. Great. And I think that uh, I'm going to be, you know, giving additional talks and other information on the website. So Good. Uh, they can stay tuned. They can ask if they have other further questions. They'll have a website as well that people can respond to. Awesome. And I always let people know if they're on our social group on Facebook or on my page, if they have any, if they need to reach out or, you know, if they want to send a question or whatever, I'll always, you know, I can always forward it over to Dr. Mark, but you can really find him and it's upcoming website, which is allfunctionalhealth.com. It sounds like you're going to be doing talks and things like that, as you should. So highly educated and providing outstanding care right here in the uh, Bay Area. So, okay, Dr. Mark, we have, let's see, I'm just going to pull up some more questions here. So this person is asking about um, colon cancer, wanting to know, do you uh, treat patients with colon cancer? If so, they want to know where you're located. And and basically, what would be your suggested approach for supporting um, this situation? Well, uh, you know, as you know, that colon cancer is now the, the number two killer. Wow. In terms of, uh, you know, cancers, uh, you know, in terms of any uh, type of uh, cause of death. Dr. Mark. Uh, heart can, disease being number one. Yes, uh-huh. I have a question for you on that. Yeah. Why has it grown to be number two? What is it? Like, what's going on? Well, I, I think that um, it's a complicated Answer, and I, I think mm-hmm. that that people uh, can debate on on different things. Um, the short answer that some people say is, well, it looks like it's more prevalent because we're we're a looking for it and doing more colonoscopies, and it seems to be more prevalent that way. But but the real concern is if, if there's been an article out recently on the web. If you've seen it, I don't have the reference in front of me, but they're mm-hmm. concerned about you know these young men that we're seeing with colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, we don't even start looking or screening for for colon cancer, colon polyps, right. until age fifty. Right. But now, I mean, they're finding you know younger and younger people with colon cancer, and they're wondering mm-hmm. what's going on. Well, I mean, there, there's different you know theories. I mean, I think that our environment has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, as, as we mentioned, you know, our, our use of um, pesticides, chemicals, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. these other uh, environmental exposures are, 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 are the unheard of limit uh, level mm-hmm. since, you know, the past, you know, 50 years or so. We've had so much going on. And then uh, the fact that we're, um, you know, uh, you know, like I said, ingesting all these things that, that, that we don't know that much about. Actually. Yes, chemicals, uh, right? Man-made chemicals? We thought that that could be a, a mm-hmm. part of the, the problem. And then and that, that the amount of stress that people aren't getting enough rest. And I'll, I'll just give one, you know, um, fact that, that people may or may not know, but this is a good plug for people with sleeping. We, there are studies that show that if you get less than six and a half hours of sleep, you definitely have a higher chance of colon polyp formation, irregardless of your genetics. Wow any other factors in terms of whether you're eating enough broccoli or mm-hmm. if you've taken aspirin, you know, all these things that people try mm-hmm. as preventative, um, that's a fact that, you know, just just not getting enough sleep, you know, predisposes or, or allows you to have a higher risk for colon polyps. Mm, and you, you would think, well, that doesn't, you know, why would that be? Well, because when you're um, resting, Especially, uh, you know, at night there, uh, you're, 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 you're hit on this reparative mode. So your right. body is actively 
surveying and looking for abnormal cells and tissue, and it takes usually takes care of it. As long as you don't have other things going on that mm-hmm. that that requires your immune system to keep you know on constant defense or inflammation. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know the the key to all cancers and even all disease is inflammation, right? Yes. We know that there are more and more things out there that are causing our bodies to react and become more inflamed. That's and right. That combination with um, the energy levels that our body can no longer sustain, and, 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 and there's these little tiny, what we call organelles, which are little tiny little mm-hmm. uh, particles called mitochondria in each of our cells. They're like our batteries. You know, they're, they basically supply the energy. Those get affected as well with inflammation, mm-hmm. and the combination of those two um, probably contribute to the cancer and autoimmune disease and other things that we're seeing. Interesting. So that's not a specific, you know, cause, but these are some of the general things that people are looking at. Um, Fascinating. And specifically with with cancer, so we stage cancers. I'm not going to go into the specific, you know, stages. Right. um, uh, You know, hopefully the first thing we do after age 50 is we try to encourage people to um, get uh, colonoscopy, which I do, and we, you know, we've, Sometimes we'll, we'll find polyps, or maybe out of three out of five people or so, we'll find something, biopsy or tissue, and a lot of times we'll have these polyps that we take out that if you leave there 10, 15, 20 years, could turn to cancer. So that's the best stage, you know, in terms of catching, uh, you know, pre-cancerous conditions. Mm-hmm. Then if you happen mm-hmm. to develop the cancer, if, if it's small enough and it's not involved in terms of some of the lymph tissues and it's all localized, then a lot of times... You know, we'll send um, patients to a surgeon, and they could resect that section of the colon, either, you know, part of it or half of it or whatever the involvement is. Mm-hmm. There's different things we can do to stage the, the cancer as well. Um, uh, other than the issue wow. and the biopsy, we can also um, uh, get imaging studies and other things that, that will show us, you know, if there's any involvement. But for your listener, it sounds like... Um, you know, that person has cancer, and hopefully they've been treated uh, either, you know, surgically or sometimes they'll undergo a chemo regimen yeah. uh, or um, rarely radiation. That's more for rectal-type cancer. Gotcha. So assuming they got treated for cancer um, mm-hmm. the traditional way, and it depends, if, like I said, if it's spread or if it hasn't spread, mm-hmm. there are things that you can do after the cancer is removed to, to minimize or decrease the, the chance of having more polyps or, or further cancer if they got all of it. Yes. If not, there's other uh, treatments you can do to enhance the immune system as well, either nutrients. Um, so there's a whole list of things that, that, that I could go through with your reader that, that will take a whole Great. series of <laughs> hours to explain. So but I just want to give your, your, your listeners and the specific uh, uh, person with a question um, some explanation, and then it depends yeah. what stage they're at, but there's all kinds of treatments that are available. Fantastic. So, and this person, you know, did ask where you're located, so perhaps this would be a good one to maybe come in and see you, and really just so you can see their their personalized, yeah. you yeah. know, history. Generalities. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, uh, every, every, you know, we have these, um, what we call HIPAA rules, which is uh, of course. Guidelines to protect people's uh, privacy. Yes. So we can just mainly go into generalities at this mm-hmm. point. Of course. Absolutely. Hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Adam B., I suggest that you go visit Dr. Mark, and it sounds like he'll have some good um, some good support for you there. Fantastic. Okay, so let me see. We've got just a few minutes left, uh, Dr. Mark, and um, we can either continue to talk if there's anything else you want to share, or we could go for one more question. What do you think? Um, well, let me let me let me mention. He did. Uh, Adam B. did uh, ask for the location. So um, yes. Don't if you don't have it published anywhere on your on your on your website. It is, we have um, an office in the East Bay would be 111 Deerwood mm-hmm. Road, that's D-E-E-R-W-O-O-D, mm-hmm. and that's in San Ramon, okay, great. California, and the zip is 94583. It's in Suite 168, and I'll leave you the phone number there. Yes, um, please. 925-736-8228. Great. You want to repeat that number one more time for your office? So it's area code 925-736-8228. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
fantastic. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I'll also mention briefly that um, you know I, I enjoy um, giving seminars, and I've um, it, it's been a few years, but I, I've given a few seminars. Of, I think one was at the um, Dublin Public Library. I, I'll do some talks. You know, that great. I'd be interested in and also uh, doing other kinds of workshops as well. Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, general mm-hmm. gastrointestinal health and also in terms of, of functional health, so I think that there's a lack of education out there of true understanding, yes. even like with heart disease. You know, people think that, mm-hmm. that, that it, it's just a plumbing problem, you know, that, that people get right. a, a clot and then that's it. But it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, I think people need to be aware that there are tests out there that can actually look at the vascular wall. I mean, before you yes. actually have to do an angiogram, or that's a test where they would have to squirt some dye and see what the right. or the lumen looks like, you know, how much opening is left. Before then, you can see disease and the flexibility. If you look at a garden hose, you, you already know that there's a problem if the hose is starting to crack on the outside or be really stiff, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to, to worry about the inside if you know what the outside looks like already, because that's the same thing with heart disease. I think that people aren't aware that, you know, there are tests that we have that in advance of just waiting for things to um, narrow on the inside that we could be more active on the outside. And that's just an example, you know, in terms of, um, you know, heart disease. And there's also, you know, like I said, with gastrointestinal health, you know, people don't understand that it's a lot of inflammation can be started from the intestines. Uh, a lot of wow. allergies, you know, food allergies. Um, People obviously can see uh, that that you have a reaction to, like, let's say, peanuts. You know, that, that's what we call it, yes. G or an immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. But then there are tougher things that are food sensitivities that that may not show up for right. hours or days. And those that's are what right. we call IgG, which you know, a lot of the allergists, you know, understandably say that's not technically a true allergy, which is true, but it is a reaction and causes and can cause inflammation. So I think that um, there, there's a lot more. Um, out there that uh, what we used to think are very simple things and uh, then we move on is actually if you look into each of these areas there's a lot more to it. Wow. Well, Dr. Mark, Dr. Jeffrey Mark, you are incredibly, incredibly knowledgeable, and you've shared so much with us today. I really appreciate your time today and sharing with our community. And again, I just want to invite everybody to uh, to visit Dr. Jeffrey Mark's website, which is jeffreymarkmd.com, but also his new website coming out, which is allfunctionalhealth.com. Um, you're providing such amazing care, and you're really focusing in the right areas. And, you know, again, triple board certified in anti-aging regenerative medicine as well as a gast- functional gastroenterology so we're and internal medicine right? internal medicine there we go thank you i can't i can't list them all <laughs> dr mark <laughs> thank you heather you're doing a great job i appreciate it oh thank you well i'm so i hope you'll come back on the show we've got more questions from listeners here so perhaps we'll have you back on the show again sometime soon okay i'd be happy to come back Fan- Really enjoy, um, and I'm, I'm glad that you're offering such a great service for your listeners. And and you know, uh, obviously, you know, you care for um, people getting good information and keeping uh, good health themselves. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Well, it's 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 amazing practitioners like yourself that make this all possible. So I thank you for taking your time away from your busy schedule. And uh, we'll get something on the books again down the road. And meanwhile, um, be well and enjoy this beautiful day out there. Be well. Thank you, Heather. Take care. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you all next week.